0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the third Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Moses finishes reviewing the law with Israel and reminds them that God has given them these rules because they are his special people. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Deuteronomy chapter 26 on Simply the Bible.
0: After nearly a month of reviewing the law of God on the east bank of the Jordan River, Moses was coming to the end. He just had two more things to cover. We pick it up in Deuteronomy chapter 26. And it shall be, when you come into the land, which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God has given you, and put it in a basket, and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. And you shall go to the one who is priest in those days and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Now this speaks of the first offering of first fruits that they would make after conquering the land. They had never been an agricultural society. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were sojourners in the land and shepherds. The same was true of the nation while they were in Egypt. For their entire history, since Abraham left Ur of the Chaldeans, they had never owned their own land. Now they would be given the land of Canaan as their everlasting possession. When they gathered the first fruits of their first harvest, they would put some of it in a basket and present it to the priest at the place where the Lord would put his name. Initially, this would be Shiloh. Next, they would declare that they had come into the land that God had promised to their fathers to give them. Verse 4. Then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall answer and say before the Lord your God, My father was a Syrian, about to perish, and he went down to Egypt and dwelt there, few in number. And there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. But the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. Then we cried out to the Lord God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He has brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now... Behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. So the worshiper would make this lengthy affirmation. It was a reminder of the humble means from which the Lord brought them and the amazing blessings which he had given them. There are seven affirmations. First, he would confess that his father was a Syrian who was about to perish. This refers to Jacob who went to Padan Aram, where he married Rachel and Leah and had eleven sons. Benjamin was not born yet. He was about to perish there. While living with his uncle Laban had certainly been difficult, if Jacob had remained in that land of idolatry, he would have perished spiritually. Second, they would state that Israel increased in number while in Egypt. Jacob was 130 years old when he went to Egypt. Israel was a large family of 70 people. But 430 years later, they came out as a nation of 2 to 3 million people. Third, he would affirm that the Egyptians mistreated them and laid hard bondage upon them. Later, while they were in the wilderness, the children of Israel looked back to Egypt, remembering the meat, garlic, and leeks, but forgetting this bitter bondage that they were in. For Christians, Egypt is a picture of the old life in the world. And sometimes we look back to those days before our conversion, remembering the so-called fun, but forgetting the bondage, the fear, the sorrow, and anxiety. Fourth, he would declare that they cried out to God and he heard their voice and looked on their affliction. God hears the cry of his people who are in pain. We need to remember that so that we will always pray to the Lord and never lose heart. Fifth, he would confess that God delivered them from Egypt with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. God often reminded them of this fact. Likewise, we should often remind ourselves of all that God did to deliver us from our sins and our empty way of life. Sixth, he would affirm that God had given them this land of milk and honey. It was great for grazing livestock, the milk, and the bees pollinated their fruit, the honey. Likewise, let us consider the many blessings God has given to us in this new life in Christ. He blesses us with employment and makes our families fruitful. He fills us with joy in his presence. Seventh, he would state that he had brought the first fruits of the land the Lord had given him. Now, the first fruits were just the beginning of the harvest and anticipating a much greater harvest to come. But it was also a time of gladness. And really, the purest form of worship is when our hearts are filled with gratitude for all that the Lord has done and given to us. And we spontaneously give God our praises, our substance, as well as ourselves. Verse 11, So you shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given to you and your house, you and the Levite and the stranger who is among you. How often God tells his people in the scripture to rejoice. There really is no greater expression of true worship than that we would rejoice in the Lord. We don't need somber and complaining Christians. They give our Lord a bad rap. We need those who are living for Jesus and rejoicing in every good thing that he provides. This glorifies God. So that concludes this initial offering of the first fruits. Next, Moses speaks of when they would bring their initial offering of the third year tithe. Verse 12, When you have finished laying aside all the tithe of your increase in the third year, the year of tithing, and have given it to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat within your gates and be filled, Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house, and also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, according to all your commandments, which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use, nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people Israel and the land which you have given us just as you swore to our fathers a land flowing with milk and honey. Now each year they would set aside a tenth of their increase and bring it to the Levites in the place that God would choose. However, every third year they would keep the tithe within their city gates and give it to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the orphan living among them. As with the offering of the first fruits, this referred to the very first time that they would offer the tithe of the third year. Therefore, it would occur two years, after they made their initial offering of first fruits after conquering the land. As with the offering of first fruits, they would make a declaration as they presented this tithe. First, they would declare that they had removed the holy tithe from their homes. They did not hoard it for themselves, they took the tent that belonged to God and was to be given to the poor and set it aside. Now, while God gives us many blessings, they are not to be kept merely for ourselves, but to be shared with others, especially with those who are in need. Second, they would confess that they had, in fact, given the tithe to the Levite, stranger, fatherless, and widow. God works in us so that he may work through us to touch others. Jesus said that we're to use money to make friends for ourselves so that when we go to heaven, we'll receive a great welcoming. Third, they were to state that they had neither transgressed nor forgotten the Lord's commandments. God wanted them to keep and remember all his commandments. Fourth, they were to declare that they had not misused the tithe. If somebody close to them had just died, they couldn't use the excuse that they were mourning so they ate the tithe themselves. They couldn't use it for an unclean or unlawful purpose. They couldn't place the food on the graves of the deceased as was the pagan custom. But it would have been wrong for them to rob the poor of their land to give to the dead. They would confess before the Lord that they had done none of these things but had obeyed him in the giving of the tithe. And fifth, after they affirmed these things, then they would pray for God's blessing on the nation and the land. It's interesting that God expected them to intercede for the land. Their obedience to caring for the poor opened the door for God's blessings to be poured out on the land. Verse 16, This day the Lord your God commands you to observe these statutes and judgments. Therefore, you shall be careful to observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. Today, you have proclaimed the Lord to be your God and that you will walk in his ways and keep his statutes, his commandments and his judgments and that you will obey his voice. Also, today the Lord has proclaimed you to be his special people, just as he promised you that you should keep all his commandments and that he will set you high above all nations, which he has made in praise, in name, and in honor, that you may be a holy people to the Lord your God, just as he has spoken. So Moses reminded them to be careful to observe the commandments. I think sometimes we look at God's law and his commandments as as an onerous chore. But really, these were the means by which they could be blessed, that they would be a special people above all nations because God gave them his wisdom. He gave them his rules. He gave them the precepts by which they would be prosperous as a nation. And lastly, not only were they God's special people, but also his holy people. Pastor John Corson says the word holy essentially means whole, not eroded by sin, not fragmented, not missing something. That is the way God wants to bless his people. And it's so good to know that in Jesus Christ, we are God's special people. We are his holy or his whole people set apart to
1: wholly glorify our Lord Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the the through-the-Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see that God had a very creative way for the people to remember His law and the blessings or curses That would come upon them for obedience or disobedience. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible.